time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and welcome to the Thrivology Podcast. I'm always here helping you and helping me to th- continue to thrive because while I continue to work on how people thrive, I continue to work on how to apply it to my own life, hoping that I can share that with you. That the time of this recording, we're just on the backside of Hurricane Florence. In fact, it's still kind of ricocheting around through the Carolinas even as I'm recording this. And I've been paying special attention to that because I have family that's in the area. Uh, my son is in college there. My parents uh, live nearby. And so uh, they are have been looking at that storm, watching the effects of it. My brother and his family live nearby. So there are lots of people in my family that have been affected by that which made me start thinking about this whole issue of storms in our lives. So while we're looking at this storm season, if you're like me and you watch the hurricanes, I have for years, I had this pinup that we go on the board long before they had trackers on uh, your phone or your tablet. I had a map that showed where I could track the hurricanes. And every day I'd get up and I'd look at the new hurricane report when there was one out there and I would track it on that map. So if you're like me and you track those storms, you know, you have that sense that, that you can see them coming but you never know exactly what's going to happen there. So today I want to use that as a metaphor of what happens in our lives. This isn't a special uh, podcast about how to prepare for a real storm. I'll let you find that out by people well better uh, served to tell you about that than me, the specialists in the area that are on the ground and ready to help you with that. But if you are looking at storms in your life, let's talk about that because That really, to me, is kind of where this fits together in a metaphor. You see, this is is the piece of the puzzle where it fits. And and what's interesting to me, this this whole fixation with storms that's been in my life is not new. I've I've always loved storms, and probably because my grandmother loved storms so much. She would sit out on her back porch and watch the lightning and, and talk about the power of that lightning, and she wasn't a afraid of it. She was in awe of it, the beauty of of that. And so in some ways, I can admit that when I looked at at true storms in my life, maybe I didn't have the best um, way of thinking about it safely, you might say. In my years as a young adult, as a teenager, young adult, I actually would seek out the storms. When I was in college, a friend of mine and I went a couple of times to the beach to chase down tropical storms that were edging on hurricanes because he was a really good surfer and I was a really bad surfer, but I would follow along and we would go chase the storms to catch a few bigger waves on the East Coast. And I think back on that and I can't imagine that, that uh, we did that at then, but I remember those days. Back then, we didn't think so much about the hurricanes. In fact, really until Katrina, I think a lot of people didn't have the real view of the power of a hurricane. We kind of just thought of it as a really bad storm that maybe you had to batten down the hatches and, and take care and have some water on hand, but it would pass by, and, and so we would get there on the front end. And so I waded through one hurricane and a couple of tropical storms. And I remember that time when, you know, we would all have our T-shirts. I didn't ever buy them, but I saw everybody else with the I survived hurricane whatever or tropical storm whatever. 
And that was kind of like this badge of honor. Now, looking back, it just shocks me to think about how cavalier we were about that storm preparation that we actually would, would seek them out. And most people now know that that's not the best option, that there are certainly better options if you have the option. Now, the difference in that and what happens in, in life storms is that we can't avoid life storms. If we've got the resources and we've got the capacity and the lead time, many of us will always be able to dodge the real storms and the weather patterns. Even in the storms that came through, even in Florence, you start reading about the people who could not evacuate. It's not the ones who chose not to evacuate, but there are many who could not, for financial reasons and otherwise, get out. Well, the fact is, in life, we can't get out. Life is going to throw us storms. There are going to be some pretty big storms in life. Things happen. Tough things happen. Illnesses happen. Accidents happen. People die. In fact, we all face that ending. We all have that place of, of recognizing there are those storms in life of, of loss and grief and change that we may not want to have coming our way, and yet we can't get out of the way. They will come. Now, as opposed to how we now have days and days advance warning of lots of these big storms, sometimes those storms in life are more like the sudden volcanic eruption or the sudden earthquake that you can't see coming. You had no way of preparing. It just comes upon you. Probably more like the old days before we had days and days advance warning of the bigger hurricanes coming through where you might just suddenly see the storm rolling in. That's kind of more what life is about. It's how it comes upon us. And if you've been alive long, you might have already been through some of those storms. Young people sometimes have to face those storms. We all have times when the storms come along. So what ways can we prepare? What, what ways can we handle those storms that come at us? I think there's some lessons that we can keep if we stick with that storm metaphor. So let's start off with some ways we can deal with this. The first one is to prep when you do have a chance. Get ready for the storms when you do have a chance. Now, sometimes you're not going to have a chance. Sometimes they're just going to blow in and you'll have no way of knowing it is coming. But what if you see it coming? Sometimes we have you know, a diagnosis that we now know that something's coming our way down the road. Now, here's the other piece. We always know where we're headed and we always know where our loved ones are headed. So in some ways, we do know that one storm that's out there for every one of us and that one storm that's out there for all of our loved ones. So how do we prep for that? But let's say that you have some warning of a storm that's coming. Maybe it's maybe your job. You know that in a certain number of months that that company is going to close. What I've noticed sometimes is that even when people have some advance warning, there are those who just pretend it's not coming. Whether it's a health issue or a work issue or a personal issue or a relationship issue, they just pretend like it's not coming. So then when it hits... They kind of act like it's completely surprised them, but people were warning long ago. The signs were there long ago. When I work with couples who are in the middle of a marriage crisis, that's one of the things I often notice is one person saying, I had no idea it was this bad, and the other person saying, I've been telling you for 10 years that I'm not happy. And somehow we push that off to the side. 
So the first step in this is prepping when you have a chance, getting ready. Sometimes if we get ready, the storm doesn't quite hit the way we thought it would. So what's the worst that happens if you've done all that prepping? You have extra supplies on hand. You're extra ready. You've prepared yourself. There are worse things to happen. The people who don't have the bad results from, say, Florence might find that all they've got is an extra case of water and some granola bars in their cabinet. And, and that's, that's the extent. You know, there's no loss in that. So recognize that if you prep and it's not as bad as you thought, you're better off than if you hadn't prepped and it's worse than you expected. So we prep. Some ways you might think about prepping when you see that life storm coming your way. One is to reach out for support. It's better to have lined up our support ahead of time to say to the friends, hey, this is going to be a tough time. Or to say to the bank, hey, I need to refinance some things a little bit. Or, or to say uh, to a spouse, hey, this is going to be a really tough time coming up. But when we decide to go ahead and find that place of support, people are ready rather than caught by surprise when we need their help and assistance. So one way we can prep for that coming storm is to go ahead and find our support system, build in our support system, warn our support system, make sure that we have the support around us, and then harden down. Harden down means that we batten down the hatches, we kind of get ready. Some years ago when I was a chaplain, I I noticed that there were two groups of people who were coming in uh, for treatment. There are those who came in for cancer treatment, and it was as if they had kind of just given up. They weren't taking care of themselves. They weren't sleeping well. They weren't eating well. They weren't exercising. They weren't doing anything to help the process along. And so when they came in, the treatments were particularly tough on them. Now, let me be very clear. Treatments are tough on people, and each person may react differently. But there was this one group that had basically hardened themselves to the process, They had decided that they were going to eat as good as they could, the best diet they could possibly provide for their their body so that their body was well-fueled, as fueled as best as it could be. They exercised to make sure that their body was as strong as it could be to withstand what was coming. They made sure they got their rest. They started saying no to other pieces of life so that they had the energy to devote to hardening down, to getting ready. That's what I mean by this hardening down. If you see it coming, you... You prep extra well. You make sure that everything's in place that you have control over. Because you don't always have control about how bad that storm is. All you can do is do your part. Now notice, I didn't say that there were people who, did, who responded well to treatment and people who responded poorly to treatment, but the people who prepared for treatment versus those who kind of gave up and just decided the storm would hit and do what it would. Generally, the people who did the best they could to prepare at least felt like they had some control of the situation, that they had some capacity of saying, I'll take this on my terms. So one way of preparing is by hardening and battening down the hatches, making sure we've got everything in place. The third way is to educate, kind of do a mental prep. When I got sick, one of the things that helped me as I was going through the storm was knowing what was possible and then setting that aside, educating myself so I knew what was possible. How bad could this be? Once I knew how bad it could be, I decided to let that to the side. 
And this, to me, is one of those important steps. I noticed in, in a lot of my coaching and counseling that people would kind of pretend like they didn't notice things. They didn't want to know how bad things could get. Remember when I talked with someone who had a noticeable place on their body that I was concerned about? And I said, hey, you need to have that checked by a doctor. And the person said, oh, I don't want to do that. And I said, why not? And they said, because they didn't want to know how bad it was. And my response was, but it's still there. And you not knowing doesn't change how bad it is. So maybe we need to take care of this. And so part of the education is recognizing how bad it is and then choosing to set that aside. We can lose a lot of energy playing what ifs without ever answering the what if. We never get to the point of gathering that information. And so we keep on playing it. But once we have it, we can set it aside and say, okay, well, I've got the education. The other part of that education is the mental prep of just getting ready. I talk about this as an attitude piece of saying, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to keep walking through this. I'm going to make it through this. Now, let's be very clear that none of us are going to get out of this alive, nor are our loved ones. So I'm not saying I'm going to live forever. But I'm saying this isn't going to be the place where I stall out. I'll keep pushing as long as I can. And so in that process, we mentally prepare ourselves for the tough points. This isn't about pretending it's not going to get hard. It's reminding ourselves that we'll get through the hard, that we'll get through the process, and that we'll move on down. Because then we step to number two. Step number two is finish the unfinished. Finish the unfinished. Clear away the debris. You know, there are a lot of times that people before the storm hit need to get rid of maybe that tree that was about to fall in the backyard and need to be cleared off before the storm took it down. Or maybe they need to get rid of the brush around the house so that there wasn't so much tinder around them if that the firestorm was coming. That's clearing the debris. And in, in our own lives, that means that we've got to make sure that the old wounds that we might have, we let them go. We forgive. We release that stuff. We let go of it and clear the debris out. But we also take the next step of making sure we don't have regrets in relationships around us. Stephen Levine wrote a book about one year to live. And in that one year, he and his wife lived it out as if he was going to die at the end of the year. So they consciously walked through the whole year acting as if this really was his last year. Now, at the end, they had a hard time because they really had come to the place where they had done some of the natural disconnecting you would do if it was the end of your time. And so they had to work hard to reconnect. But he closes the book by asking a powerful question. He said, if you knew you were going to die, who would you call? What would you say? And what are you waiting for? And his point was that we never know when that point's going to be. So what if we were to spend some time making sure we have no regrets? Let's say we make, make that happen. We contact people that we need to say things to. We contact people we need to maybe apologize for, and others we need to let them know how important they are. Both the, those sides are so important to be able to say, hey, you know what, I took responsibility for this and I apologized. I made some conclusion on that. And then there are those who we just want to know that they know how important they've been in our lives. That's what I mean by these no regrets. 
What's the worst that happens? We still cleared it out. A couple of years back, I chose as my word for the year, grateful. And what I meant by that was throughout the year, I was going to work to tell people how grateful I was for them in my life. We always choose as a family that one word. We choose it on New Year's Eve, and I usually choose it a couple of months ahead of time, and I, I kind of prepare myself for it. I'm thinking about that as I'm approaching, and so New Year's Eve, we announce it to everybody, and when I announce that word, I also handed everybody in my family and a dear family friend a letter of gratitude, how grateful I was for them being in my life. And then I spent the year doing the same thing, and one of the people that I took out for lunch died not long after that. And I realized that that was one of my last opportunities for him to know the role he had played in my life. There are others who I showed the same gratitude and they're still in my life. Whatever might have happened didn't happen. And so they still are part of my life. And so the worst that happened was that they knew that I had gratitude for them, that I was grateful for the role that they played in my life. But the best that happened was the person that I only had that chance to say thank you. And I think about how even if we go ahead and live our lives with no regrets because we know the storm is way off at that point, we lose nothing, but we gain a lot. Step number three is then to hunker down. When the storm comes, it's not the time to go outside and check the weather. It's time to stay inside, hunker down, and wait for the storm to pass. There are plenty of stories of people who have gone out to check on the weather only to find that they're in trouble themselves. And so part of the time, the, the awareness, the realization is that when the storm hits, sometimes the best we can do is stay comfortable and stay safe, to hunker down, to wait for it to pass. If you've done everything you can to prepare for it, if you have finished all that unfinished business, then it's time to hunker down and wait it out. And remember this. Not so much in a real storm, but in life, you want to make sure you take care of yourself before you reach out to help others. Sometimes I watch people in the middle of a crisis, and it seems like they are so worried about everyone around them that they never take care of themselves, and they wear themselves down. When I was interviewed a couple of weeks ago for a, a, a resource for caregivers, I noticed the fact that a lot of times the caregivers forget their own care. They forget to eat well. They forget to exercise. They forget to get rest. And they keep trying to give and give. And the analogy I used was that well. You know, if you've got this well of, of your own energy, your, your life energy, and you keep dipping out and giving it to yourself, you drink out of that. But if people keep coming along and you keep giving them from your well until it's all the way to the bottom, you have neither any for you nor for them. Sometimes you have to say, hey, wait, I've got to let it rise back up. Before I can give any more away, I've got to let it rise back up so I can take care of myself. So part of our task is to make sure that we take care of ourselves before we take care of others. Now, let me be very clear. I'm not now talking about when a storm hits. There are many people who are extremely gracious and courageous in helping others in the midst of it. But do remember that they had to survive the storm first in order to help the others. So when life comes your way, remember your task is to make sure that you're taken care of so that you can take care of the others around you. So the storm now passes, 
And we're at step number four, which is cleanup time. Go out and look at the damage. Take care of the things you can do. I remember watching so many people that would finish their cancer treatment, and then they would go do everything they could to clean up their life. Sometimes it was a pretty bad place to begin, but they would do what they could to clean up. And the same is true in our personal lives. When the storm comes our way, we've got to clean up. If we lose somebody that we love, we've got to clean up our lives and reorganize. Grief is part of that cleanup process. We find ways of reliving our lives, a way of moving into a new existence. That's the cleanup. We have to get rid of, of all of the debris that's around us and get rid of all the, th- the structures that have been hurt and start building fresh so that we get to a new place. Because step number five is life does continue. It's interesting to me to watch these places begin to come back alive after something has happened. There can be great devastation. I heard a story not long ago about Puerto Rico and the devastation they had a year ago. Now, the people there are struggling for sure, and I don't want to do anything uh, to say that that's not the case. But realize that the island itself, the nature, is coming back. The jungles are rebuilding. Nature is beginning to come back because life continues. Life continues in changed ways for sure. Structures may be taken down. Parts of our lives may be gone. People we love may no longer be around. But life does continue, and that is the rule of life. We come through a crisis, and life continues. Whatever losses we have, we continue to live, and our choice is whether we're going to continue living while life continues. So when the storms come our way, we first want to make sure we've prepped ourselves. We've gotten ready, gotten the support we can. We've gotten ready ourselves and educated ourselves. And then we finish up whatever needs to be taken care of before we hunker down and make sure that we're safe during the storm. And then after the storm, we clean up and remember that life does continue. I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope it's given you a little to think about, little thoughts about how you might need to get ready for those storms that are coming your way. If it's been helpful, I'd love for you to check out my other materials on how to thrive in life. And the best way is just go straight to my website and you can find their information on my books, The Thrive Principles. That's 15 Strategies for Building Your Thriving Life. Thrive Principles gives you a way of building your life. And then there's my uh, more recent book, uh, The Immutable Laws of Living, where you learn about these laws that are around us that we're breaking and keeping us stuck. Then I also have my upcoming book, The Forgive Process, which lays out a process for you to learn to forgive things that have happened in your life. About the time this podcast comes out, that book will be coming out in printed format. It's already available in ebook format, but you can find all of that, all the information and links to all of that at my website by going to Lee Balcom, L-E-E-B-A-U-C-O-M.com, LeeBalcom.com. This is Lee Balcom wishing you the best as you work to build your thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.